Hey, it's Rochelle and Carter, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. A little different this week. It is going to be a little bit different, but I, I got to say that I'm learning how to love people better. Uh-huh. Yeah. And before we get to the really, really cool part of this episode of our podcast, do you think I could share? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and share. Yeah. So recently was reading about how we usually think of conversion experiences. That's when people say yes to Jesus and say, all right, yeah, I'm, I want to follow God. I want to follow Jesus. Um, we think of them as overnight or even like, you know, thunderbolt experiences. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded that that may have been the Apostle Paul's situation where he was actually blinded, thrown off the, quote, high horse that he was on. He had been persecuting Christians, imprisoning them, thinking in the name of God he was doing the right thing. And Jesus gave him a major wake-up call. And it was just that quick. He was turned around, you know. But not every single person in the New Testament who's following after Jesus Christ had that kind of experience. True. In fact, the ones who were closest to Jesus, his own disciples, it was a journey. That three-year journey of ministry right there alongside Jesus, it was something that was gradual. And I, I know that in my own Christian life, I've struggled with doubt. I've struggled with, Lord, why not me? When I've asked for help in certain areas and I feel like your answer to me has been no, it's it's even brought up some doubt here and there. And the, this process of following Jesus Christ, just because you may have these little moments that feel like they're ebbing and flowing with the tide, mm-hmm. God's big enough to handle your doubt and he can cover it with his grace. And I'm so grateful for that. And you see the journey that the disciples even made. Um it took Peter a while. You know, he first was introduced to Jesus as this may be the Messiah. And he's like, oh, okay. Was he converted then? Maybe maybe he started that part of the journey. But then he's next heard telling Jesus, I'm a sinful man. You need to stay away from me when the miracle of catching all these fish happens. And it's you just see him gradually, little by little in the three years, coming to the place where he says, yes, mm-hmm. you are the Christ. And even denies Jesus after saying he is the Christ. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean he wasn't a believer before when he said he was? You know, so you see the the journey of the disciples. And I think we need to glean from that and give ourselves the grace that Jesus ushers in over us when we have those moments that kind of ebb and flow in your faith and continue to learn. Say, yes, I'm still teachable. I I want to learn how to love others well. I certainly don't know everything up to this point. I've had moments where I feel like I'm better than others, but I want to always be open to what, Jesus, are you showing me in present day circumstances where I can be more in line with who you are? Does, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, his mercies are new every day. And so it really is a process. It's It's growth. It's uh, taking a step forward, and and sometimes it's taking two steps back. Um, Not that we try to, but we do. And so I I think it does tie in so well to that this is a process with the unity that we're trying to accomplish, the racial unity, um, the relationships of of all people. Of course, what's been, you know, this year is is talking about black lives and and that uh, so— 
everybody is valued. Everybody is loved by God. Yes. And certainly we all have, you know, um, bias of, of some kind, but I think we are having these conversations and working through it. And, and that's why we, we wanted to have this conversation with Mandisa. Uh, she is a Christian artist and, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, she kind of said she, she uh, released a, a letter to the Christian music world a, a week or so ago. And, you know, she said uh, it's it's a subject she has as a black woman. She hasn't even talked about a whole lot over because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what she gets into uh, when we were able to talk with her, and I I was very blessed to hear from her because I think again we land on this place of it should not be uncomfortable to be uh, uh, to be righteously seeking after wisdom mm-hmm. and what God wants for us as a unified front, which includes a diverse group of people because there are Christians all over this world that look all kinds of ways from all kinds of cultural backgrounds, and we all want the same thing, which is God first, right? So what does that look like as a Christian living out in this season that we're in. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Mandisa, and I think uh, maybe even uh, God, God allowing it to happen. To in the seriousness, we could all sit together and have laugh out loud laughter <laughs> because of what happened. Oh my word! Uh, yes. Be listening for the noise that is happening pretty early on in the conversation. See if you can identify it before we guess what it, what it was. <laughs> uh, this conversation with Mandisa this week with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Jumping right into a a very serious subject, but by the way, we we love you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us uh, from your home. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of dig it. Like, I could be wearing no pants right now, and y'all would never know. <laughs> Mandisa, I'm glad you said I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> Listen, we only have a certain amount of time with this wonderful woman because a lot of people get to, to love on her in radio stations around the world. So we're going to get right to it. I, I read something this morning that was such a, a beautiful thing. I wanted to share it with you real quick and then maybe get your feedback from it. Yeah. There was a guy named Frank LeBuck, and he lived a long time ago, and he was a missionary, and he felt like he was supposed to go to the Philippines, so he's there in the Philippines, and he got fed up with a bunch of people that just didn't receive what he was trying to share with them, and he got so fed up, he goes up on this hill, and he has a conversation with God, and I'm going to read the quote here so people don't get mad at me because these are his words. He said, what can I do for hateful people like these murderers, thieves, dirty, filthy, betel nut chewers? Our enemies, he said. And then he said, God answered me through my own lips. And he said, I heard God's voice come out of my mouth. And it said, you have failed to reach them because you do not really love them. You feel superior to them because you are white. This gentleman was white. And if you can forget you're an American and think only how I, God, love them, they will respond. And it changed everything from that point on. And I think most people can relate whether this is, um, it could be a race issue. It could be just a, uh, like a past level. Like you look at people because of whatever. And God doesn't want you to get past surface per se because he made that a part of who we are. But he wants to see each other as made in his image. And mm-hmm. I think that that is where we're kind of missing. What is that in the Is that your dog? <laughs> is that your dog with a squeaky toy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Y'all, wait, I'm sorry. 
Oh okay. man. I'm so oh. sorry. Oh. Y'all. It was under, it was not, it was out of reach from her. And then as I'm talking to you, she went underneath to get it and then started making all this noise. And I was like, we're oh, talking about such an issue and then that. that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Oh. That's how God works. He wants us to keep yeah. it. See, that's where we usually break for lunch. <laughs> Oh, Precious. wow. I love okay. it. All right. Well, so, sorry to pick up right where you were yeah. so rudely interrupted by my dog. Um, really okay. It's called learning humility is what I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what you're saying or what he said, you're right. I can't get on you because he said it, but yeah. isn't that so interesting how God, <laughs> the way that he talks to us and I realize yeah, sometimes he'll use my own songs to convict me, and it's not like he used his own words to convict him. But it's so interesting. Um, we, you know, we see through the lens that we have, and if the lens that you have is as a white man and a white woman, um, it's going to be different than the lens that I have as a black woman. And so I don't think we should beat ourselves up for that. I just think sometimes it is to say, okay, let me actually try to see through somebody else's lens. I think that's when we really start to have heavenly perspective is when we choose to see through somebody else's eyes, but ultimately through the eyes of God who made us, y'all, he made us beautiful and different and diverse for a reason. He loves it. And so we don't need to be colorblind. I think we should appreciate color and cultural differences and to say, look at how God painted all of us so beautifully and uniquely. And how he says that now I want you to come together with your differences. It's not pretending like they don't exist. It's saying, I love your differences. I think I can learn a lot from you. Uh, Mandisa, I was um, earlier, like way earlier today, you know, the morning show starts so early and it's 4 a.m. I'm driving Eight. through a not great part of town. I see a couple of police officers that have somebody pulled over. And um, for one of the first times, you know, cause, cause I heard you kind of speaking on this the other day, you're starting to see change. You're starting to see people reach out to you and it, it just feels different. I think is what you said this time after George Floyd. And it was one of those times this morning where I found myself um, not just in a prayerful state for the officers, but when I looked over and it was an African-American gentleman that was pulled over, found myself in a prayerful state for him. Of I awesome. I don't know what that dude that dude might have just been speeding and it's just you know and you you again we're praying for both but but understanding when I hear from a coworker and he says to me you get pulled over and you're worried about a ticket um, I get pulled over and I don't know what's going to happen that day um, and yeah. so I I know starting to understand is one of the key things but I'll I'll ask you I, I think of our a lot of our audiences in this same situation. Um, we might not consider ourselves an activist. Um, I don't think I've, I've been to the state capitol except for the mandatory eighth grade tour um, ever. Um, how can we on in our daily lives um, be different and do something and still yeah. bring change even if we don't find ourselves um, necessarily uh, at a protest? Yeah, such a great question, Carter. I love that you asked it. And honestly, what you did is exactly how change comes about. Like the fact that your eyes were open to, yeah, pray for both involved in that situation. That's probably not something you would have done a few months ago. But because of what happened, now you're starting to actually infiltrate what you now know um, into your daily life. And so that, what you did is a prime example. Um, 
I think looking at your influence, looking at your sphere of influence, um, what can you, how can you leverage your influence to make a difference? You know, uh, Matthew West, there was something that the music industry did called Blackout Tuesday, where lots of people posted a, a black square on their page um, and were silent to uplift the voices of people of color. And so when I posted that on my page, I got kind of the typical comments like, you know, we're with you, we're standing with you. But then when I looked at when Matthew West posted it, the comments were very, very different. And there were some people that were saying some things under his comment section that wouldn't say it under mine hmm. because he's a white man. And so for Matthew to post that, his sphere of influence is different than mine is. And so I think using what you have, if you're around, if you don't have any people of color in your life, when you hear a joke uh, about a black person or an insensitive comment, to not be quiet, to actually say something, that is leveraging your sphere of influence. Um, what can you do with the influence that you have to make a difference? And sometimes it just means speaking up. Sometimes it means saying a prayer. Sometimes it means having uncomfortable conversations. Like, I think there's something that literally each of us can do. I, I think there is a lot of confusion in terms of what has been taking place in our country lately that it's all being encompassed in this happening and it's just violent and ugly and that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about i think i'm going to go out on a limb and say 90 percent of our culture wants to embrace one another and we don't want the violent part of it but we want change however there's like this i don't know they i think there's a fear about it there's a this connection that if i talk about it if i if the, the, the people that are acting out or I'm going to be representing them in some way, if I somehow show support, yeah. it's really ugly. And I think it's just, again, what you said at the beginning, we have to look at each other through the eyes of God. If we keep our focus on him, he's going to, he's going to make all these things added to us. Right. Yeah. And I love the, the sweetness in that you're just embracing the people around you and who you see Mandisa and just in your words and that, that there is sweetness in unity. Yeah. And there's ugliness and divide. And That's they end right. up thriving on it. When we start, right. we start to try to, I don't know, feed off of this ugly. And that's, ooh, that's what he wants. But that's not what God wants. And so, yeah, I, I'm dreaming of that day too, where everybody together, yeah. embracing each other's differences, not in a way where we're stepping on eggshells because we want to say the right thing, but truly celebrating. The yes. Made us where there is freedom in that celebration. I'm anticipating that day. Yeah. And, and you know, that day comes every day that we choose to do something to bring that day about. Like it won't just happen for no reason. Like we actually have to go, we have to push for it. And so mm -hmm. I, I love, I love that you said that. Like, I think it is, there's something that all of us can do. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Like uh, this is a subject I'm going to be honest, I don't want to talk about this, but, you know, I, I wrote this letter to CCM Radio, um, not because I wanted to, not because it felt good. I wrote it because I felt compelled to. I felt like God was directing me to. And as a result, conversations are being had now that were not being had a few months ago. And that's how I think change is going to be brought about is one-on-one. -on -one. It's 
it's in relationship. Like I love the public post for support. There was a lot of that happening a couple of months ago. That's kind of died down a little bit, but I'm not discouraged by that because I think more of this is happening. It's having these conversations and understanding you can't hear somebody's story and understand who they are and walk away feeling the same way that you felt about them before you knew their story. And so it's taking, it's having conversations like this with people who look different than you to understand more of their stories that you can have empathy and bring about a change. The, uh, the letter that you're referencing is uh, to Christian music to play more black artists. Um, and I know you kind of spoke about, you were kind of nervous getting into to Christian music uh, 13, 14 years ago after American Idol of you didn't hear or see people that looked like you or sounded like you um, on Christian. We had Nicole C. Mullen back then, but that was about it. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Um, and so that's that's what you're you're suggesting and requesting that there are so many black artists um, that uh, hey, even if the a certain station isn't playing it, I mean, if if you're watching this, you know, check out. Uh, I believe John Reddick is is on your new song or f- featured on oh. your new song, correct? Yeah, he wrote my new song. Wrote uh, your new song. Alive, and he released his version a while ago. And not a lot happened. Um, I don't really, I haven't kept up with who's playing the version that we have together, but he's one of my favorite artists and he's a black man. And he just did a song recently with Matt Redman. Um, he's my favorite song by his is God Turn It Around. There, there are, there's a few of us out there. You know, I, I recommended my friend Blanca. She's not black. She's a woman of color, though. She's Puerto Rican. Um, she's got a great song, uh, Tarian. She's a black female. She's got great, like, I could go on and on. Um, but I think it makes a difference when people hear somebody that maybe looks like them or maybe their culture influences are reflected in that. I think it brings about unity. And I think that that delights the heart of God like nothing else. Every time you see unity in the Bible, you see the blessing of God. There's something about coming together that God really, really loves. And I think that there's power in it as well. Well, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up. I'm curious. I know we got a minute, about a minute left. Is there a story that comes to mind, whether it's uh, since the last few months or, or whether it was before where you felt, we were talking about how, what people can do in their daily lives and, and connect with people of color, um, of, of having, you know, getting into these, uh, maybe awkward conversations at first, okay. but can really connect and grow together. Um, was there a moment that clicked for you of, of somebody, of, we'll just say a white person, um, asking you or un- seeking to understand or truly where you, you go, this, this does feel different. They, they get it yeah. and, or they're genuine. What comes to mind for you? Well, a lot of things. I mean, I think, um, and Kaya is currently eating poop to my left. So ah! I'm sorry if I am a little bit distracted. Kaya, stop. Okay, Sorry. <laughs> Great. Let me bring that all together again. (laughs) Yes. Kaya, stop. Come here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say this that this time with Ahmaud Arbery and with George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, like I started getting texts from people, which that's never happened before. Like it was not just the public posts on social media but my phone started ringing from people that honestly i we've never talked about this i've got kind of a an association with some people but when people started calling me and saying hey help me to understand what this feels like for you i was like okay something is different here and 
I was really encouraged by that because it, it's not just what you do publicly, it's the private conversations that I think brings about the change. And so the fact that people, even in their discomfort, the fact that people are reaching out, I was like, wow, God, what are you up to? Um, and I think, honestly, this is a blessing that comes out of COVID, of all the things that come out of this pandemic that we're in. I don't know why it seems like people's ears are more attentive and people are more aware, but I think that had we not been in this quarantine season, I don't know that the response would have been the same, but something about this made people go, huh, there's something different going on here. And I think that what God is doing in the midst of it is really beautiful. And it just goes to show what the enemy intends for evil, that God is able to use for good. And I see him doing that right now. Yes, you're right. You know, God is trying to get our attention. So is the enemy. And it really is working on me. And it's like, all right, which one am I giving audience right. to? So if I can learn good stuff in the midst of stuff that's uncomfortable, Gosh, I don't read anything in the New Testament that felt super comfortable. <laughs> really right? So I can't anticipate that life for me. We have to kind of get out of the comfort zone and say, all right, Lord, where do you have us right now? So thank you for stepping into that place on behalf of people that you might represent from the diverse place that you are living from, but also speaking into the music industry that you are very well a part of too. So we appreciate you. You are strong and courageous and incredible. Oh, thanks, girl. So are you. <laughs> and that was it. The the conversation with Mandisa, uh, obviously some some humor in there, too, but a lot of great things to chew on and learn from and continue to, to get outside our comfort zone and have these conversations. And feel free to share this with somebody else who might be one uh, who, you know, would be wanting to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, maybe they've never listened to a podcast, but they love Mandisa. Uh, we would love to be a part of this journey with with our friends and our family that we've never met before. And until then, we will see you next week, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast.